your stories matter and people are inspired by what you're doing and what you're saying. And you're an example, not only to other women, but as I said, I have two daughters. I really feel strongly about the fact that we need to be the role models to the younger generation. Welcome to Better Together with Kosti Epifonsiv, a podcast on parenting, business, and living life intentionally. We're here every week to bring you thoughtful conversation on making your own path to success, challenging the status quo, and finding all the ways we're better together. Here's your host, Kosti Epifonsiv. Hey, y'all, this is Costa, and today I'm here with my guest, Tiffany Anton, vice president of the Biz Foundry and the founder and host of Powered by Her podcast. Today, we're talking about starting a podcast, finding an audience, and knowing when you found an idea worth sharing. Can you tell us about what inspired you to start Powered by Her and how the podcast has evolved? I work for the Biz Foundry, like you said. And I really felt like there was a need for community and connection amongst women. I find that women entrepreneurs downplay themselves a lot. And they're not almost if you picture it, they don't stand up tall and straight and say, heck, yeah, I'm an entrepreneur. It's my side hustle. I do this on the side. Um, And so about two years ago, um, I was talking with a friend and she said, I think uh, maybe you should start some lunches where you could have some women come in and, and connect with each other. And right around the same time, I can't even remember which came first the chicken or the egg kind of thing. But right around the same time, Stonecom called and said, hey, we want to start a women podcast. And I was like, can I host it? That would be the coolest thing ever. And so um, I don't do anything halfway. And so I just kind of went all in on both of those. And that's kind of how it evolved. And just because I saw a need within women. Now, how long have you been doing the podcast? About two and a half years now. Wow. How many episodes? We're about 60 episodes in. So we had a big party. Uh, I'm a party person. (laughs) Uh, People say I'm a party in a person. Um, And so I we had a big party for the 50th episode, which was in May. And we invited everybody. It was open to the public. We had it over at Cookville Creative, had a DJ. We danced all night long. And so it was a great time and um, really exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. So if you could go all the way to the beginning of your podcast journey, what is one piece of advice that you would give yourself? Be confident and know that this is something that's impactful. I think I just kind of started like it was the cool thing to do, which I feel like a lot of people do with podcasts is like, oh, well, that's the word that's getting passed around. So we need to start a podcast. That's what everybody says. Right. It was just cool. It was a cool factor and not realizing how impactful it was and really knowing the inspiration I could instill on others. We've shared some of the guests with regards to Powered by Her and the podcast Better Together. And it's really fascinating how many inspiring stories there are from women that have started their own business and have really contributed to not just the business community, but society in general. So I think it's awesome that you're profiling, especially a a subset, a specific category. I think that's pretty neat. I just listened to your CG England episode and she was my very first guest I ever had on. We actually had to do a pilot, so we had to test it out first. And now that she's starting another venture, it's awesome that she has that platform that she can tell again her story. We'll probably have to have her back on Powered by Her again, but it's awesome that this community, people have said to me, what are you going to do when you run out of guests? And I'm like, I'm not anywhere near the bottom of the barrel here. There are a lot of amazing women in this community. Absolutely. So everybody wants to start a podcast. Now, what is the most important thing in terms of getting started? Audio. (laughs) Okay. I think that having the equipment, I cannot stand to listen to a podcast that doesn't sound good. Some people have tried to start it themselves and 
the host is one volume and the guest is another volume and you have to turn it up. But I think people will have to turn, you know, turn up the volume, then you're blasting your ears out. And so it's really important to have the audio correct on on a podcast, I think, for listening pleasure. Yeah. So like microphones, you know, making sure that you're a specific distance the whole time from the microphone. Which is hard when you have guests. Right. You know, as a host myself, I understand that you understand the audio, you know, you understand it's not weird to have headphones on and listen to yourself. But a guest would say, oh, I hate my own voice. I don't want to hear that. Yeah. And so that's hard to train them. It's okay. You're on a podcast. Sit close to the microphone. And so you kind of have to give them that comfort level that they can feel comfortable just in your environment. Well, and also they're your guests. So you don't want to like impose, right? You want them to feel comfortable. Like you said, you don't want to be like, okay, listen, don't move or, you know, just shut the whole, you know, don't tap your hands. (laughs) Don't, don't fidget. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. So what's the hardest part about running a podcast and what do you do about these challenges? I mean, one hard part is just the time commitment. Mm -hmm. And so um, you guys are doing it every single week, which is a lot. As a side thing, I have a radio show once a week at Stonecom. And that is so much to just schedule the guests. I'm not at the bottom of the barrel, like I said, for women's stories, but these are women that are running a business. right? And so they're not like, oh yeah, let me just take an hour to come, you know, and these are women, of course, and now I have video. And so they have to get dialed up and they have to, you know, do their makeup and their hair. And usually they're maybe, you know, working from home and sweats. And so it's a little bit of a production for people to want to tell their story. The other thing is, especially with women, is that they don't necessarily feel like their story is worthy. And so there are people that I kind of bug and bug and bug one that I'm going to call out is um, Ashley Swan with Food to the Rescue. Okay. She has an amazing nonprofit that serves food to kids on um, summer and Christmas and fall breaks. And she kept saying, oh, interview somebody else. Just tell the story of Food to the Rescue. And it's not somebody else's story to tell. It's her story. And so I finally got her in there. I'm like, it's just me and you sitting down and talking. And so to kind of make sure that people understand that their story matters is hard sometimes. Absolutely. Do you regret putting video in place or no, it's been fun. I mean, again, there's a little bit of a cool factor. I have my own set. There's, right. you know, the powered by her couch that's hopefully going to become <laughs> iconic and, you know, the gold chair. And I have a, a picture that's behind me on the set that's a picture of myself and the producers of the podcast, all of our daughters on the, on set. And so that's pretty cool. Um, so it's definitely added a different element to things, but I think it's kind of a cool factor and um, hopefully it can take us further. Well, there's two million podcasts now, right? So, I mean, it's just a exploded. And so I think separating yourself from essentially everybody else, video is very important because, well, like I said, there's 2 million podcasts. On that note, how do you create an audience and how do you keep people tuning in? I think that part of it is the guests that I I put on. I mean, just strategically, I'm, yeah. I'm going to throw it out. It's, you know, sometimes in business, nobody wants to say I'm doing business to make money, but I'm going to throw it out. I mean, sometimes there are women who I know have a good following or know have an audience. And so I want them to come tell their story because I, I think that they'll share it with their audience and then more people will know about Powered by Her. That's part of it. Um, but I think consistency is a huge factor of just people know when to expect Powered by Her to come out. People know when to expect Better Together to come out. And so people are looking forward to that. And so when you teach them what to expect, then they expect that. Did you listen to any podcast or did you try to emulate yourself after some podcasts that you enjoy listening to? I had less freedom when I started with just the audio. They just kind of edited things. 
the intro was not my favorite before. Um, so then once I was able to move to Cookville Creative and, and do it there, I kind of got some more influence on like, okay, well, I think the music, we could do this kind of music or um, let's do an intro here. And actually with the video component, we're able to put commercials on there now. So iCenters of Tennessee sponsored us this year. And so um, my kids and I went over to try and eyeglasses and, and whatnot. And so we made a little commercial that we put at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, I listened to uh, How I Built This on NPR. I actually was just thinking you sound like I Roz. Yeah. So I've been trying to embody, like I pick out specific features of like Guy Raz, Joe Rogan, for example. And the intro that we have came from how I built this in terms of having that snippet where, you know, you have obviously something to grab people's attention and then the introduction and then, you know, the rest of the show, essentially. How I built this is probably my favorite podcast. And actually, I have an eight and an 11 year old and they will say, hey, can we listen to that pod? They like to listen powered by her sometimes, but they do like to listen how I built this. And we try and pick just different brands that maybe they would recognize. Um, Airbnb was one that we listened to. Or What's your favorite? My favorite episode? Yeah. Um, probably Spanx, the founder of Spanx and Sarah Blakely. I've been, I actually was going to go to Nashville and host um, a panel and I was really trying to get Sarah Blakely on the panel, which I just, what life am I living that I could have a panel that Sarah Blakely's on? Even actually, I learned stuff too. There's um, one that the man developed Bevel, I think is what it's called. It's a razor for African-American because I guess they're their hair is different or something or it grows. I don't know anything about it. They get razor burn when they shave. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was something I learned about just life and a great product. And I just really like people that are so innovative. And that's what I do, you know, with the Biz Foundry. We find people who, whatever their business is, they want to create some change. And so I I really like that kind of stuff. So Jessica in um, October of 19 bought me a pass to go to the summit, the How I Built the Summit. So to meet Guy Ross and Sarah Blakely actually spoke. And so I was able to see her and sat um, relatively close to the front and like actually saw her. Right. Uh, I'm fangirling right now just being in your presence. (laughs) Well, no, no. So the the most impact, she said something that's so impactful. And I tell this to people all the time. She said, everybody tells you that you should telegraph or get feedback on any ideas that you have, especially when you're trying to start a business. But she said that she kept it to herself and protected her idea when she was going to start Spanx because she didn't want anybody to talk her out of it. So she sort of honed in on, okay, I'm committing everything that I have, all of my time, energy, resources, and I can't fail. So if people provide doubt to me, that's only going to make it more difficult for me to succeed, right? Obviously, I'm not a man. I don't know what it's like to be a man. But I think that women take those doubts. Like, first of all, we want to tell the whole world, we want everybody to be our therapist and give us the feedback. And then we really care about what people say. And so then we do put that self-doubt. But that confidence and lack of insecurity is tough sometimes. It's tough to say, I know, I believe in this. Even with Powered by Her, it started off as a podcast and a lunch, and I'm building a community and the plan is to have a Powered by Her conference, Women's Entrepreneur Conference in March. And that's so scary to me. I have an audience and I have support and I think it's a great thing, but it's just so scary. How many listens do you get an average per episode? I think once we did the video component um, and we put a Instagram page up and started building, we get about two to 400, depending on the guest. That's great. I'm a competitive person. So I got really excited when we got our 10,000 download badge from Podbean. And so we had a billboard 
billboard this year on 111. And so we've we've just done some things to try and grow our audience and just have brand awareness because Powered by Her, it did start off as a podcast, but we're trying to encompass a lot more into it instead of just the podcast. I think in a lot of ways, you're, like I say, empowering women to tell their story, mm-hmm. right? And if they think that their story may not be worth telling, you're like, no, it absolutely is. And the other thing I find is that I've gotten texts from people that say, oh my gosh, I'm a school teacher and I really want to start a business now. Like, I think that it's empowering the people who are doing it, but it's also empowering people who are just listening to those stories. And so I try and say that to a lot of times to these 60 guests that I've had on, like your stories matter and people are inspired by what you're doing and what you're saying. And you're an example, not only to other women, but as I said, I have two daughters. I really feel strongly about the fact that we need to be the role models to the younger generation that they need. If you're going to listen to another How I Built This episode, there is one on Stonyfield yogurt. Okay, Uh, It's my favorite episode because when I listened to it at the time, my business was, you know, having its ups and downs. And I was like, this is crazy. And I was pulling my hair out and I couldn't find good people to work in administration. And that episode, I'm driving down the road and I'm listening to it. And the guy just keeps hitting walls, like just literally like essentially to the point to where he's borrowed money from every family member, including his mother-in-law. And his wife pretty much tells him, go down to the venture firm and sell this company. And he doesn't, uh, even though he goes down there, right? And so anyway, it's a great episode, just an inspiration for anybody that's struggling to get a business to scale. One other episode of How I Built This was, I don't remember the name of the company, but she made a special a muslin blankets for babies. Okay. And the episode ends of her being forced to have a buyout on the company. And it wasn't all glamour and roses. And I really appreciate hearing those stories as well. There's a woman who does a, a local magazine and she has owned a boutique in town. And I really tried to get her to tell her story. And she's like, well, you know, I'm not maybe in the greatest place and I just don't like to do that. And I'm like, but people need to know that it's not all glamorous and sunshine. And that when they're in that place, place that they're feeling terrible that other people have felt that way too. And so that's what I think. I think podcasts can just bring a community together if they're done correctly. I think just thinking, oh, it's cool to do a podcast just because we have some free time. Maybe that's not the best. But I think when you are thoughtful and you have a plan and a purpose, and I think a lot of people try and put the component of a podcast to their business because it's just a marketing technique. It's a way to get your audience out there. But if it's just fluff, you're not going to grow your audience. If you have a good story, to tell. And I think every business has some sort of story. Even in your own personal business, you have people that you work with or even your employees or your patients or, you know, there's some stories, home health care of things that people should do for themselves. So there's a lot of different stories if it's done well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to connect the dots and show people that you can get through adversity and that business is, like you said, not all sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. But it all works out in the end. That's the most important (laughs) part. Now, behind the scenes, it takes a lot to put a podcast together. How do you make that possible on your end? Well, I have to give a huge, 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 huge shout out to the guys at Cookville Creative. They have taken it to the next level. At the end of 2020, I said, hey, you guys have the studio. I think that we should move Powered by Her here. And I said, I don't really have funding for this. And they said, well, we'll take a risk for 2021 and we'll produce this podcast. We'll sell advertising against it and we'll try and, you know, make up the money to fund the podcast. But we'll take the 
this risk. And we kind of hemmed and hawed and kind of went through an agreement. And gosh, it was like January 1st or, you know, maybe the third or something. And I thought, this isn't going to happen. I'm going to have to go and stick with just audio. And I came and Luke Ramey had painted a 12 foot section of their studio, the wall blue, powered by her blue. And I was like, okay, I guess we're doing this. And he bought, you know, the couch and the chair and and did this great set for us. And so, I mean, it's definitely a joint effort. They Sometimes I'm like, they just show up and I do all the, you know, the stars here and my guests and all that (laughs) kind of stuff. But no, they do such great work. And sometimes it makes me laugh. One day, we usually shoot three or four in a day. And, you know, after two guests, we had three or four video cameras around and they start setting. I'm like, what are you guys doing over there? They go and they set up another sliding camera. Just, I mean, I think that they have some fun with it too and they play with it, but it definitely takes a bit of time that they have to sit there for the four hours where I'm interviewing people and edit it all through there and make us look good. Well, (laughs) I mean, you know, I feel like the next step in your journey is, you know, you end up having your own talk show on TV, right? I mean, I, I, some people have referred to me as the Oprah of Cookville and as, as soon as I can give away a car, I will take that title. But other than that, I, I don't think I'm doing anything that exciting yet. So before you had video, what did you guys have to do to get an episode ready? I would get the talent over, but then Will Hearn over at Stonecom, he's pretty quiet, but he does a great job and he would listen to and edit our um, podcasts out. But for me, it was a lot of just finding the right people, finding people that would have the right story and kind of researching into what do people want to hear? What can I draw out of this? And that's one thing that your producer Morgan and I talked about is that learning the skill of interviewing is a skill. (laughs) And so how to direct that conversation and how to steer things the right way. I a lot of times will say, sit down and say, what do you want people to know? And then I'll say, okay, well, I'll figure out how to steer the conversation that direction so that people can hear what you want to hear. I think I do have good conversational skills. I think so too, yeah. But um, it's not just sitting down and having a conversation. It's a knowing how to transition so that it feels or, or it sounds okay to a listener. You know, a lot of podcasts have like more than one host, right? So they have like a duo or something like that. Why did you choose to be sort of just individual? Was there a reason or did you just say, I'm, you know, I don't know anybody to do a podcast well, with? Well, I actually started this year with Tyler Asher from the Small Business Development Center. We started a, a podcast called Cash in the Check. And it's mainly just the two of us sitting down and talking about business topics. And it's very, very different because I feel like I can be a little bit more of Tiffany Anton, the person instead of Tiffany Anton, the founder of Powered by Her. But I think I really wanted to make sure I'm a little bit for those Enneagram followers. I'm an eight. So I'm a little bit of a control freak. So I just wanted to make sure I wanted to make sure I could steer steer the conversation and really get the story that I wanted to get out for people. And so I think I owe that to the guests and the listeners to have the story the way that I felt was the way it should be told. Yeah. So we've shared a lot of stories today about your various guests and other podcasts that we've listened to. What's one story that's really impacted your life? There's so many guests that stand out. And like I said, the one Ashley Swan, where it took me so long to get her on the the show and just to see what she could do. You know, the fact that she felt comfortable. Um, At the beginning of this year, my first guest was Emily Blackman who owns Root Salon. And so she was talking about how she went through some time and did some soul searching during COVID and, and how as a business owner, she really strives to do the best she can for her girls that work there. And it's hard to pick one. Becky Magura was, she. T- she I learned that she had only lived in two houses her whole life. And so there's just, there's so many amazing women that it's hard to pick one that stands out. I, from the single moms to the older women who are kind of retired that are 
starting something in their second half of their life. And there's so many amazing stories that have impacted me and made me think, well, maybe we can make this Powered by Her thing bigger and better and and go all in with it. And just I'm not the type to take that kind of risk. But being around all these people has totally influenced me. That's great. So what's the future for Powered by Her? Like I said, in March, March 8th is International Women's Day. So the plan is to have a women's entrepreneur conference here locally, have some paid speakers from out of town. So this is not just a a Cookville conference. This is kind of a regional or... Where are you guys going to have it? Looking at the the Monarch and Baxter. Okay. And so um, Kelly Fitzpatrick is she's been a guest on Powered by Her. She's one of my favorite um, female entrepreneurs. And so she's got a great space out there. And just bringing people to the area. I have some connections in Nashville and Georgia. And so trying to bring some people from outside in. That's kind of the biggest thing on our plate. We have a community membership that people can join and get free tickets to events that we do. We're we're trying to do quarterly events. Like I said, we have um, season two is wrapping in November. And so we're having a wrap party and we're going to have a live studio audience, which who knows how that's going to go for a, a podcast. We got some good things like that and just growing the community and really supporting this women's initiative that we have, kind of our partnership with the Biz Foundry and seeing where we can take things in the future. I will say I had a business coach who started Boom Chicka Pop. And so I had an oh, opportunity yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to talk to him for about an hour. It was him and his wife that started it, but talk to him for an hour. And it's just profound. Like you think that they're untouchable, right? Like you think that people that are successful that, you know, have hundred million dollar businesses or billion dollar businesses, you know, they're like unicorns, right? They're something distant and far away and you can never be like that, but they're just regular people, yeah, you know? I, yeah. If I could get my dream um, to have the founder of Chicken Salad Chick, Stacy Brown on Powered by Her, I've always said that that's she was a single mom. She right. was literally selling chicken salad door to door and kind of got shut down by um, the FDA and stuff. And so I would love to have her sitting on my gray couch like that. That would be my ultimate. You're going to have Sarah Blakely and <laughs> Stacey Brown. You heard Stacey it first. Brown. Right here. I'm better together. <laughs> don't don't hold me to it. <laughs> we always like to end the show on a high note. Who is someone that makes you better when you're together? I am a people person. So there's probably a long list of people that make me better when we're together. But lately I've started, I've really started investing in my female friendships. And so I've started a get get together once a month. And so I have about four or five women that come and we kind of push each other and challenge each other. And they, at this moment, make me the best version of myself and kind of call me out on my stuff, which um, as a control freak, I kind of need sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's really good. Um, I appreciate those women. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Better Together with Costa Yepafonsive. If you enjoyed listening and you want to hear more, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Leave us a review, or better yet, share this episode with a friend. Better Together with Costa Yepafonsive is a Costa Yepafonsive production. Writing and production by Morgan Franklin. Want to find out more about Costa? Visit us at costayepafonsive.com. We're better together. <laughs>